Hello and welcome to Winging It. Bum, bum, bum. Guess who's back? Back at it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny? Those last two episodes that we released, mm-hmm. um, me and John had recorded them like months ago. Yeah, yeah. And I had to, we, we had to do some professional editing. <laughs> and it took, because I moved and stuff, it took a while to get it done. But then I got the episodes out. And I actually found them quite funny when I listened back to them. <laughs> I thought they were quite funny. So even though it feels like we've been back recently, we yeah, actually, yeah. me and John have only just met, like, t- like today after months. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been busy. It's been busy. One prior time, but that was just a catch up kind of thing. You know what I mean? Me check out the new digs. <laughs> yeah, man. Mhm. We officially made it to Hungary. <laughs> you Hungarian. Changed my passport. <laughs> <laughs> You've got accent now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We're currently sitting in my garden. Uh-huh. I like to call it Richard's Beer Garden. Very nice spot, man. I mean, it's I no different to the village pub, really. Mm. It's pretty much the same thing, John. Yeah, man, same kind of vibe. We're in a village. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, we're currently drinking non-alcoholic beverages, but that's fine, that's fine. That's all each to their own, you know. <laughs> we're being healthier these days. John's on a health kick, guys. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. trying to look I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to elevate a little bit. You He's know trying saying? to like look out for his health and better himself. <laughs> 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 He's trying to live longer, man. <laughs> I don't know what for because something must have sparked. Something must have clicked where you've, you're like, you know what? I need to be a bit more conscientious about what I'm putting into my body and what what I'm. Do you know what it was? Yeah, it's the on. government increasing the pension age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm gonna see this money. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to increase it. Yeah, so I don't see shit As a gen- until. <laughs> gen- honest, honest thought, right? Honest okay. opinion now, John. Mm-hmm. Do you actually think you'll live to retirement? Because I genuinely don't think I'll make retirement. I'm skeptical, man. I really think I will work till I die. I've always thought that. Wow. Can you imagine? And where the age gets higher and higher, I just. Yeah. How? How? Maybe if I make some better. Um, food choices <laughs> I might live a slightly longer um, but I don't know and also like career wise you know not going too much into what we do but career wise what job do you think you could do at an old age definitely not what we do I, don't, no. I wouldn't say I'm thinking 60s right what job could I do um, I'd probably get a job in home base like everyone else <laughs> but home then base again, is like closing down that, that place will be yeah, gone by yeah, of then. course it will <laughs> Um, I don't know, you know. Mm. I don't know. Oh, working a a bakery. I can see myself in a bakery jump. I couldn't. <laughs> I'd probably eat a lot of it though. Um, <laughs> I'd be in a Caribbean shop. Like we now have that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Literally, that's the saying, man. <laughs> I just don't know what I could do in my sixties. Yeah. That's a weird thought. I could teach. I could teach guitar. Like I used to do when I was in my um, early 20s. Teaching instruments. That's mm. fun. I don't know, man. I just know that one of the best British basketball coaches ever passed away, Jimmy Rogers. He was literally coaching until his 70s. Nice. That's crazy. That's I remember that he coached one of my little brother's games game. as well. Like, yeah. When was he playing under 18? It must have been about 2013, 2014. But yeah, yeah he was coaching um, against one of his teams, in it. Like, literally, the guy's a legend. So, weird little shout out to him. But I don't know, man. To be that functional at that age kind of thing, like, no. you know what I mean? It's crazy. That's the thing. 
because I know a lot of 70 year olds they'd rather you know knees up and credit to them because they deserve it they've, they've lived a long life they've worked life. their asses off this is a time where you mm. relax and enjoy it and you sleep a lot yeah also but, it's harder to have the energy mm-hmm. at that age I think to kind of even if you're passionate about something it's quite hard yeah man but that shows how passionate he must have been for that sport to continue for that long yeah it's crazy man that's what you strive to be in life though you strive to do what you love yeah and then if you're doing what you love you don't really work a day in your life do you it doesn't feel like work Mm. I think you'll have your challenges in in whatever field it is because that's just life that's just yeah period if there's no challenges then it's probably become too easy anyway Mm -hmm. and you should probably leave it and do something else no doubt because to grow you have to learn and develop Mm mhm um, for sure, for sure. John, it's currently summer. Mm-hmm. Um, have you done anything exciting this summer? Anything notable that you'd <laughs> like to talk about? Um, well, I'm fresh back from Paris. Say Ooh. fresh back. But oui, oui. When did I come back? Bonjour. Saturday. Je m'appelle Richard. <laughs> My name is Richard. That's literally Very... like all I know. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Like, uh, come see, come sa. I feel Do you like... remember when The Rock used to say, come see, come sa? No. So The Rock, and you know what? Politically, this wouldn't work now. But back in the day... I feel like a lot of shit wouldn't work politically. Oh, nowadays, true. When yeah. WWE was WWF oh. and The Rock was in it, Mr... Um, what's his name again? Craig but Johnson. Man. Oh. Right? The yeah. Rock. His character, anyway. Mm. Um, he <laughs> used to have this thing where he said, Are you feeling a little... Come see, come sa? Which in French just means neither here, neither there. It's like, okay, kind of. Yeah, I'm not great, I'm not bad. I'm kind of in between. Mm. But he used to use it for people's sexuality. Oh. That's genuinely <laughs> what he used to do. That would not fly nowadays. No way would that fly nowadays. <laughs> but that kind of incites a generational discussion. I mean, I was thinking, well, we were well, discussing. Is this, is this a story that you sent me? Hmm? Did you see the thing that Pierce, the thing that you sent me about? Yeah, Pierce yeah, yeah. I was, re- I was watching that. Yeah, I just think I don't know. Context man. for that as well for the listeners. <sighs> what the story? Yeah, well, the Pierce Morgan one. He was interviewed recently. Yeah, and he's basically just saying that the world's become too liberal kind of thing and that we basically take offence to, like, everything. He's saying that... He's kind right. of saying that liberal uh, is, has, has become ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's become extreme. liberal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you can't have it's an It's forced upon you, yeah, man. ...without upsetting someone. Mm. And do you know what? I do feel that. I do understand Definitely. That. I As someone that... I, I consider myself very liberal. And I'm, I imagine, John, you consider yourself quite liberal too. But I, think but I do being... agree with what mm. he's saying, actually. And that no one ever agrees with Pierce Morgan. But this yeah. is something that everyone's like, actually... There's it's some true. valid points. Yeah, it's very valid. And I think a part of being liberal as well is about being open-minded. Mm. Yeah, about, you know, embracing, you know, like, opinions and cultures that are different to your own. Of course. So... Yeah, I just find it quite ironic that obviously it's gone the other way. But hey, man, I think this is 2020 living. I think it's more... When you look at comedy, especially, mm. how much comedy has It's been changed. saturated, man. Exactly. It's been watered down, right? And it's kind of like... I'm just thinking, if it's funny... Like, you could be rude if it's funny. Like, mm. <laughs> in a way. As long as because there's, there's a fine art to it. There is. And there's a way of, of obviously, being a comedian and making jokes without hurting people's feelings as yeah. well mm-hmm. where people understand it's a joke because you make yeah, it so yeah. obvious that it's a joke yeah and they see the humour in it yeah mm. um, and you're not actually just outwardly being a bully or, or trying to, to, to kind of put some hate across mm-hmm. I mean I've got I've got a friend who's a comedian and 
his his comedy is actually very political. Uh-huh. But he's talked about his kind of his personal life and what he's gone through, and he makes some really good points. And he's done this amazing set at Fringe um, that's gone down really well. Um, I Tom Mayhew, and I I always check up on his social media and stuff because he he's a great guy, very funny comedian. Yeah, and I'm always interested to see what he's doing. But I I don't envy his job and his passion because he's passionate. Like when he we connected from our previous podcast and through my band and stuff. And when I was passionate about music. Music has changed, but it hasn't had to saturate too much because mm. maybe you know maybe rap more than any or a certain kind of music, but punk rock's probably become bigger. It's got more of a voice now because there's more to talk about, there's more to discuss, there's more to argue about. But like comedy, to be a comedian, to be passionate about comedy and want to be a comedian now must be so hard because how do you, you can't be unfiltered? Yeah, That's like why. how do you write that now? Yeah. It's like everything's a bomb <laughs> yeah of course if you make a gay joke then you know like you're gonna be come for and or no pun intended on all forms of social media <laughs> any kind of joke has to be carefully thought of like who yeah. am i gonna offend with this joke is it gonna be a big deal can it be is this okay like i i would actually be quite interested to sit and, and chat with a comedian about about that mm. about how they do their job now and how they take into account the current the world's current climate um yeah, to to write that stuff because it's an art. It's a performance, and it's amazing. And comedy is great. It 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 gives us laughter. It makes us feel good. You know, it, it helps. It's helped me at times when I've been depressed. Comedy is always yeah, made of course. Me feel, that's what it's there for. It's, mm. it's there to make you laugh and and enjoy things. And it's a way of connecting with other human beings as well. Like we all find this shit funny. Like you're making a point about something, and we all agree. Yeah, for sure. And, man, and it can be great it. for making political comments and and kind of commenting on the world. But yeah, it, I I would just. I'm amazed and I respect anyone that is currently successful and trying to do that or unsuccessful but trying to kind of do their passion and career mm. in something like that yeah definitely man I mean there's a comedian called Andrew Schultz and he kind of talks about the difficulties that he's having like today in comedy like you know basically for the reasons which we you know stated but he's just at a point now where he's like you know I'm just basically put out what I want kind of thing mm if you know what I mean I mean and I kind of respect him for that because it's in today's day and age it's quite bold definitely and I think comedy should be unapologetic definitely should be I mean should it give you the license though to say whatever whenever not whatever wherever I mean we've all got discretion we all know you know what's offensive and what's not offensive but I think as people we should also be able to recognise, you know, what's like what people what's have in their heart as well when oh, they yeah, say yeah, things. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think people take things out of context, so yeah. That's yeah. basically, you know, where we are. Just as a, just sorry, as a society as well. I think it's really hard in today's climate where where everything is so liberal, where even something like social media, like mm-hmm. what you post on social media, you genuinely have to think about Well that's what if my employer sees yeah, this. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. Uh, you genuinely have to think about um, what's okay and what's not okay to to put up, and it's kind of. I guess a lot of people are saying that people haven't been that way with it, and that's why it's an issue because people are just saying whatever, whenever, and that there needs to be more accountability for it. I understand all of that. Mm. I mean, the, have you seen and heard the stuff like all the Pogba abuse this week? Yeah, yeah, of course. Simply because he missed man. the penalty, like <clears throat> it's ridiculous. 
and that isn't right and I do understand and I really actually love Gary Neville literally hates Pogba so <laughs> much I've never seen it I've never seen it I'm I, like, wow. I actually love Harry Maguire and Marcus Rashford and yeah, all that coming out and saying mm. you know what this ain't on yeah, and if you shit. attack one of us you attack all of us I love that I actually think that's amazing that that team mm. mentality and I I, I hate United, but I respect the sentiment yeah, so you've, much that like, you to. have to. You've got to. Yeah. But um, I guess maybe that's why um, it's becoming more thought of. I don't know. It's, it's difficult time. Hmm. Difficult climate. And the thing is, I feel like it's, like, it's going to go one or two ways, John. It's either going to keep getting more more scarily liberal to the point where it's like everyone's afraid to talk about anything yeah. or it's going to go extreme and people mm. are just going to be extreme on their opinions and that's not good because that's going to cause arguments and fights and wars but so it's quite I don't know I'm, I'm, I feel like things are a bit on a needle point I feel like I'm just going to keep doing me because I don't know man I'm just not of the fibre where I'm going to become reactionary and you know like basically change what I'm going to say or change you know my opinions or whatever based on you know appealing to a crowd that's just not what i'm gonna do so is what it is i mean at some point like as a society we need to stand up for ourselves and be like okay this is what i stand for this is what i identify with and that's cool mm. you know what i mean it's interesting it's interesting mm. john I mean, obviously not if it incites hate, like, for example, like, because there's oh, no, people that will obviously, you know. Um, there's a great podcaster and film writer, producer, actor, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith, love him, does James Silent Bob films, brilliant yeah, man. Yeah. Um, he said something about, um, you should always do what you're passionate about and love, or say what you're passionate about and love as long as you're not, as long as you're intentionally not trying to hurt others. Exactly. And I think that's really well said. Mm-hmm. Um, can I talk about something quickly? Yeah, man, no doubt. So, currently, um, I'm off and I'm getting to sleep, and it's great. <laughs> they say that I just got a pup, Dizzy, and she doesn't let me sleep. Dizzy she's, is hyperactive as hell. She man. is dizzy. That's why Dizzy tried dizzy, to chew man. up my Jordans, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dizzy don't give a crap what designer stuff you're wearing. She's chewing it, man. My shoes, I've given up on, mate. I've given up on. Um, she'll give me a reason to buy some new shoes, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> um, um, but. The thing I've struggled with my whole life, and I think you actually don't struggle with it, and I want to learn from you. Maybe we've we probably had this conversation together before, but I don't think we've had it on the pod. Mm-hmm. Sleep it, motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm a night owl. Right. And I've always been a night owl. I mm-hmm. find it very hard to switch off, and I find it very hard to down my, to kind of calm my brain down to sleep. Mm. And whenever I get a good idea, or, or I'm passionate or creative, you write it down. Or, it's or, night time. Yeah. It happens at night time. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more productive in the morning and wake up early and and do that day better. I think mm. it's, it would be better for me, and it's always good to get in a healthy routine. Yeah. I really struggle waking up. Mm. I am the grumpiest person in the world in the morning, John. Like, to the point where people know that they can't talk to me for two, three hours until if they want to have a proper conversation with me because they know that anything they hear from me is going to be negative yeah. and any conversation is going to be negative. And, and I, need to, I want to learn to get up. Mm. Boom, I'm ready. I'm awake. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. What are you like in the morning? I don't think I'm the biggest morning person. I mean... I kind of force it if I have to. Like, say, obviously, with work, you kind of have to be a morning person, naturally, don't you? Yeah. So... But you do force it. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> you I do mean, force it. Yeah. And I still think that's not the most productive time of my, my day. Mm. <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, there are people... 
that just wake up and they're on. Yeah, as soon as they're fine. on, they're on. Mm. And so I'm, and I think that's amazing. Like mm. I think I could do so much more with my day if yeah. I could go to sleep earlier, wake up earlier, and kind of wake up straight away and be like, right, I'm good. What's to do your routine now. when you wake up? Okay, so I know my unhealthy routine. <laughs> my unhealthy routine is I wake up mm. and the first thing I do is I go, I look on my phone. And I put a podcast on, I listen to a podcast, and okay. I go through all my social media on, on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look at the news on my phone. Yeah. Uh, and then I will get out of bed, make a cup of tea, go back to bed, continue kind of listening to podcasts and being on my phone. Mm-hmm. And that's if I've got a slow morning and I know I've got a lot of time. Okay. Um, what I've started changing it to instead is um, not going to my phone in the morning, waking up, mm-hmm. um, where we just got a TV in the bedroom, I now put... BBC News on so that I get to kind of update myself on the world and, okay, yeah. and get a bit of kind of mm-hmm. and I, I listen to I watch that for a bit and you know make tea get up whatever shower whatever that works for me okay on a normal working day mm-hmm. <laughs> I wake up I put a podcast on I check my social media for like five ten minutes I then clean my teeth whatnot get ready get changed and go and I have a half an hour to get out of the house so it's much more rushed there's no breakfast. There's never any breakfast. Okay, that's not good. My breakfast is usually... I've been awake for at least three hours before I have breakfast. Okay, first thing first, you need to eat in the morning. <laughs> like, it goes without saying, man. Like, when? Straight away? Because when you think about it, what time do you eat at night? Uh, between six to nine. Say if you have Berries. a... All right, let's, <laughs> let's say you have a super late one. Yeah, You yeah. get how many hours of sleep? I've had a late... Uh, Five hours, probably. So, what time are you going to bed? Uh, I will get into bed if I'm being cheeky midnight, and I'll probably fall asleep at one if I'm lucky. And then I'll wake up about six or seven. So, again, this is That's when a lot of hours. This, on a working not, day, okay. yeah. that's what it would be. When I'm off, mm. I'll go to bed probably midnight, okay. maybe one o'clock if I'm enjoying fever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll wake up about between eight and nine. Yeah. That's currently kind of where I'm at. But then I stay in bed for like two, three hours and I waste... You know, do you know what I mean? Do you eat enough, like, Rich? Do I eat enough? Yeah, do you reckon? Because I'm I have, a bit sceptical. I think I have two meals a day, John. That's not enough. <laughs> like, that's not even typical. Like, typical is free. And, then I snack, and even with free, I struggle. I probably snack a lot on stuff that isn't good. Junk food, like chocolate and crisps and cookies. Mm-hmm. And it has you crashing out at the wrong times. Because obviously sugar high, sugar low, you know how that works. I think I do run on a lot of sugar. I think I've realised that the mm. older I've gotten. That sugar and caffeine are probably two of the most important parts of my diet. Sugar's a killer, you know. Like, I particularly know this being a black male, obviously. Go on, talk to me, John. Tell like, me about the dangers of sugar. Let's well, call this you, podcast... You already know the dangers of sugar, in it, Like, diabetes, like, etc, etc. Like, and, yeah. People of my race are particularly prone to it. So... I don't know, kind of try and cut that out and not have it so much, like, throughout the day. I think you need to definitely eat, like, in the morning, though, because <laughs> that's how you're going to get your energy. What do you have for breakfast on a working day? On a working day? Um, sometimes I'll have porridge, sometimes I'll have um, scrambled egg, just depends, really. Sometimes I'll have cereal. So... It just depends. Like, if I'm in a rush or something and I absolutely, there's no time for me to stop, I'll just take a yoghurt with me or something and make sure that I have that when I have it. I didn't learn much when mm. I was in school because I was, I was, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't learn much. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, yeah. And things like 
healthy eating and nutrition and nutrition I didn't get a good enough education on it. Yeah, yeah whether it was them whether it was me whatever I mm. didn't get I, my knowledge in it isn't great yeah. um, and I know you're meant to have a balanced diet etc etc I, I think if I, I didn't play ball I wouldn't know half the things I know well that, so. that's what I'm thinking I think a lot of sporty people and physical people and people that kind of look after their, their health mm-hmm. have a good knowledge on kind of what they should eat and shouldn't eat yeah yeah why do you think it makes do you personally feel it makes a massive change to your energy levels your concentration levels your definitely because as I kind of said like nutrition cast with John Hines oh, John. <laughs> but if this is like X amount of hours that you haven't eaten literally from 9 o'clock till 12 o'clock if you don't eat breakfast like if you frame it like that like 9 o'clock at night to 12 o'clock the next day where you haven't eaten true that's crazy yeah that's a lot of hours. You're right, <laughs> like, but I don't wake up hungry. I, I think that's because your body's used to it. And being honest, it probably shouldn't be used to it, but it's just like the way it is. Like, the body's weird, it adapts like that. But in terms of energy levels, you're not probably not getting enough in in the first place. So that's probably Could why right. you feel a bit groggy like in the mornings. Could be right. Yeah. Um, in terms of your nighttime routine, go to bed mad late. <laughs> Do you reckon? You reckon? 12 o'clock every night. No, I like some working nights. I'll go to bed at 10. Okay, yeah, that's But good. I won't fall asleep. Realistically, I won't fall asleep till midnight. I just can't fall asleep. <laughs> I can't switch off. I genuinely can't. Yeah. And I think you digest a lot of information as well. What, as in on your phone? On your phone, podcasts, etc., etc. Not only that, you're right. but because of ease of access as well. Like we, re- as humans, like nowadays, we receive information all the time. You get updates, like yeah. So it's going to be hard for your brain to switch off. I do, t- and like I love, I kind of love podcasts because I love learning, and there's mm. lots of really good podcasts where you learn great stories. If whether it's a story, whether it's information, whether it's about sport and discussion, I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are so stimulating to me that I probably, yeah, I probably don't. I, and the, the, the thing is with a podcast, when's the time you get to listen to them in the day mm. when you're not busy? And yeah. when are you not busy? Just before you go to bed. Yeah, it's true. And that's Podcasts the time are new reading, man. It is what it is. I know, but then that's probably also not helping me sleep. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of a catch-22 in a way. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's just about balance, man. I think. And it's about adapting and figuring out that balance for yourself. I've done because, some research on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And the research kind of suggests... There's some, uh, there's some great research. Like, I, there was a documentary BBC did done a while ago, and it was amazing, mm. where this guy was a writer or something, and he couldn't. He had really bad insomnia. And when I was in my 20s, I had seriously bad insomnia. Mm. And the way he conquered it was um, he had a set bedtime for six hours, no matter what. For six hours, he had to have this set bedtime. Now, he locked he, himself in a chamber he, and just... If he couldn't sleep, <laughs> he had to get out of bed and mm. do, an act, do an activity and then go back and try again. But whatever, though, whatever sleep he got that six hours, he had to wake up at that time every morning, no matter what. Mm. And gradually, because he had that routine and that strict routine, he, he actually started his sleeping his yeah. full six hours. And then after six hours, they were like, well, let's extend it to you know seven, eight hours. And that's how he got his sleeping pattern That's there. just like... It's like the subconscious mind, isn't it? Basically. Because it's like... Your body slightly knows, okay, like, for me to function, I need this amount of sleep regardless. Mm. And then it's like, once you punish yourself a little bit, your body's going to be like, okay, like, I can't do this anymore. It's true. And that's mad. A few other <laughs> things I've, I've seen is a lot of people say what you should do is mm-hmm. instead of on your days off sitting in bed, laying in bed, 
watching this, doing this. Get out of bed straight away. Get out of bed, shower, get up. That's how you get I do that there. all the time. Like, that's what I need to do. Yeah. I think that's my problem. Mm. I think I'm better at weight. And my, my home life's like that. Like My parents were very much like that. They, they wouldn't really laze around in bed. They woke up, got up and, and got mm. dressed <laughs> and then did their day. Um, do you know what? I think it's a cultural thing, you know, <laughs> in reckon? a weird way. Because on the weekends, yeah, um, all my, you know, African Caribbean listeners, like, you can identify with this. On the weekend, you get woken up. Whenever your parents wake up, they're waking you up as well. Like, for whatever, clean the house, like, whatever. It's just crazy. But I think that's kind of ingrained with you as an adult because that's literally all you know. Sure. So, I don't I, know, man. I think I take advantage for the fact that when it's my weekend, mm-hmm. I want to... Yeah, of course. I like you the want... idea of having a lay-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's the fact that I know I'd, I I don't have kids yet. I haven't got this responsibility yet. I don't have that responsibility. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so you're going to milk it as much so as you can. So that's kind of, yeah. yeah I mm-hmm. think that's why I do it. Um, but I also think that I need to change because I think it will benefit the rest of my life if I can change that, that habit and that routine. Mm. I think it's not worth it. I think that little lay-in isn't worth that kind of grogginess that you feel, that tiredness. Because I think when you're lazy all day, you feel lazy all day. When you're active all day, you feel active all day. What? And That's I have true. more energy when I'm doing stuff all day. Um, but I don't know, it's quite funny. I think it's different when you're in a relationship and you live with someone and, and you kind of have... Because one of you might want to be lazy that day and the other one wants to be active. That can be a bit challenging mm. at times, but that's everyone's kind of balance. And then if they wake up in the middle of the night and all that shit. It's oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just it's a thing I've been thinking about, John, this summer. Sleep. Mm. Sleep. The importance of it. Um, but the importance. it's funny because you're thinking of it, but you're not doing it. <laughs> You've got ample opportunity to do it. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just I'm still making the most of having that. T- I'm, I mean, I'm not getting loads of time because the puppy is keeping me up. That mm. I think I need to get better at just waking up and getting out of bed, and I think that'll benefit when I'm um, on my normal working day, having that energy and, and mm. kind of just. Resp- Ideally, it's the response of wake. I I, I want to find a way to wake up better. It's not so much sleep; it's the fact that when I wake up, I am just such groggy a miserable, yeah. groggy, and I'm very negative in the morning. If if you you ask me something in the morning. It'll be like, nope, this is going to be shit. This is going to go well. Why have I booked this? Why am I doing this thing? Because I've got, I'm too tired. Mm. You know, it's so negative. Yeah. And it generally, it's quite depression and depressing. And I'm, I'm, I'm filled with a lot of um. Depress- Do you feel like you haven't got anything thoughts. to look forward to in the morning? Um, oh, I wouldn't say it's that I've got nothing to look forward to. I think on the weekend, I definitely feel like I have something to look forward to. I think on because you can relax. Yeah. On the weekday, I feel stressed, and mm-hmm. it's not big. You know, it's not to do with the job as such. It's it's more just, it's not your, when, it's not your time as such. Like the weekend is your time. Mm. It's when you can be quite selfish and be like, actually, it's my time. I'm gonna do me. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm gonna go to cinema, or I'm gonna have breakfast, or I'm gonna do this or that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think I definitely work on rewards. I think I'm definitely a reward-based person. I just think as human beings, we generally are. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. Is that that's probably... like we incentivize ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Like whether it's you know like working and seeing how many hours you put in for you know financial gain to be used in whatever way, whether it's saving towards something or you know for instant gain or whatever. It's just how we are. True. Yeah. If I was you, what I would do, like particularly now. Like every morning, I'd wake up, I'd make me some hearty food, like literally, like start to feel energized. And then, if you want to relax after that, that's fine. 
If you want to just chill, watch Sky Sports, that's fine. But at least you're up, if you know what I mean. I reckon, because either way, you're relaxing. It's not like, you know, you're doing anything overly strenuous. Yeah, true. I think I'm trying to be creative at the moment. I've been doing lots of... Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we do the podcast. Yeah. Um, and then I, um, <coughs> I've, I've got an EP together. Mm-hmm. It's a little solo EP. Yeah. So for, ye- for years... So I was in a band for like eight years. Mm-hmm. And when we stopped, when we, not as such, broke up, but realised that... Yeah, life happens. Life happens, and mm-hmm. we all got too busy to kind of do the band anymore. Mm. I found it really difficult to um, create music, because I always played in this band. And, and it was a different feeling doing it yeah. by yourself. The yeah, energy, writing yeah. together, mm. was fun, it was exciting, and it was a way to meet up and socialise, it was all these things. Mm-hmm. But then I still had that itch, that creative itch of wanting to make something and wanting to, to write stuff but having nowhere to kind of put it or do anything with it. Mm. And for ages, I've had to work out what it is I want to do and the sound that I wanted as well. Yeah. And I think I've finally got it. I've spent a lot of time this summer. Did and you I, experiment and, you I know, did, try different yeah, things out? I no, have, that's dope, I've man. Finished the four, I finished the four track, writing the four tracks, and they're tracks that I've written over a few years that have needed time to... Because where I couldn't find where they would go, what I would do with them, finish the story, finish writing it. Yeah, I've yeah. now done it, and I've got it already. Um, and I just need to record... Uh, one track's already recorded, I just need to record three more tracks. And I've got a little four-track EP that I'm gonna put, I want to put out there, John. I want to put out there. It's dope, man. As an artist, it's quite difficult when you're a musician, because especially when you do it solo, because solo, it's like... It's all on you. And it's harder to, to motivate yourself to do it it's harder to feel that the music is mm. is is worth putting out. Um, and you bounce off other people. It's just naturally what happens. Oh, it's exciting. When you're with yeah. someone else, you're like, oh, let's put this out. You're both excited about it. Mm. When it's yourself, it's, it's much harder to kind of find that. And then to kind of go, okay, well, how do I want this to sound? Because again, when you're with someone else, you can talk about it, you can discuss it, you can work things out, you can play around with it. But do you not collaborate with people on your EP, like, at all? Uh, I can. I can, mm-hmm. and I would like to. Um, and there's a possibility that I could do, have a few people mm, do some just like on certain features, tracks. and that must be dope because you kind of got a bit of creative control on that as well. Like, yeah, if you know what I mean. Obviously, it's not all on you, like, but yeah. No, but um, yeah, that that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've kind of got the sound that I wanted for this EP, mm. it's now just a matter of kind of recording it and then seeing what if there's anything I want to add. Because I quite like. I'm a big fan of. Um, they're called gang gang vocals. And all it what? is, gang vocals, and all it is, is it's when, um, it's kind of like football chants, like you have a melody, it's like the chorus of a song, but there's a whole group of people singing it. They're called gang vocals, you okay. have a whole bunch of people singing yeah, it together. Yeah. And I love that, I think it's so great in a track, having a group of people sing a song. Okay. Especially in a chorus, especially in the outro, especially in a bridge. Yeah, yeah. Not the whole song, just little bits of the yeah, song. Yeah, it yeah. adds something to the song, mm. and it, it adds this big feel to a song. And you can do, and what I love about it is when you've got an acoustic like this, which is an acoustic EP, um, which is quite quiet and, and you know, chilled and, and, and stuff, but then you find a way for it to have this massive energy through other people singing what on it. What do you mean, like, voices. footballs coming on? Was that a solo one, or I can't even remember. That wasn't a solo. No, that's like a so whole that was a gang vocal. band. That's a whole band performance. But no, but I'm that about is the a chorus. gang vocal. Yes, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. There, mm-hmm. there is a main melody there, but then everyone comes in. And it's a gang. Yeah, vocal. yeah. That's a good example of it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, but it's something like that that I've got a couple of tracks that I could add that on. Okay, cool. So I might do that. Um, I've always I, I I really like working with female singers as well, so there's always a possibility of adding some of that. But I don't think that'll be on this EP. I think that'll be on a future EP if I do. Mm-hmm. But I, 
the summer's the only real time I get to actually put it together. Yeah. So I kind of work on ideas over the year, and then summer's kind of my crunch time to try and get it done. But um, yeah, I'm excited about the idea of putting out some music again. Mm. It's you been a long time. You could be time. like Fabulous. You, well, obviously you don't know who Fabulous is, but he's a rapper, and he brings out like, well, he brought out these mixtapes called the Soul Tape, like literally every winter kind of thing, yeah. and it's like a seasonal thing that people kind of like look forward to. Nice. So I like that. That's a concept. I think that would work quite well. That's for a you. really good concept. Yeah. So what? Every season he releases something, or? Every winter. Every winter. So, yeah. Or used to anyway, not so much anymore. That's but, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Thing is, music inspires at different times, and you can't force yourself to yeah, write. It's, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, what's quite good is if you actually just write over a year, and then at the end of the year, put out, put something at, out at a certain time, yeah. And obviously, when you're doing it by yourself, it's harder to have the time to write and create, so you realistically are only going to have like four songs as an EP, yeah, unless you're going for a real creative search. Mm. Sometimes you might have this crazy bit where you're like writing eight to 12 songs, and then you've got an album. But um, realistically, I think for me, it would probably be like four tracks, six tracks at most. Mm-hmm. But this one will be four tracks. Yeah, man. But it's exciting. It's exciting to be mu- to do music again. Mm-hmm. Big part of my identity growing up, I was always a musician. Yeah, and man. I think I've lost that part of me for a few years, but not on purpose. And I'm trying yeah, to find a way. Yeah. Well, it's adapting. It's growing. It's mm. it's trying to find a, a place for it as you get older, and, mm. and have more responsibilities and have bigger things in your life. Yeah. How do you find I, a way to still do it? Related to that, I spoke. I went to a wedding. When was it? Last month. And there's this um, OG. Um, play basketball at a pretty high level kind of thing play for England a couple times and he was like are oh, you still playing kind of thing I was like no I don't really play anymore you know and he's like you know what that's fine I get it basketball will find you when you know when you're ready kind of thing and I think that just goes with pretty much everything that's a big saying hmm? that he said though that's a really big thing it actually basketball is will find you when will you're find ready. you when you're ready yeah I like that mm. that's really good that's like saying it will never leave you mate like it's a part of you yeah um and yeah, when 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 it hits, it's gonna hit again. Yeah, basically. I like that. Yeah, so that kind of helped me to find solace in the fact that you know I'm not playing as much as I used yeah. to. So it's funny though, isn't it? Because yeah. you identified yourself very much as a basketball player and an athlete and a kind of sports sports person growing up. Growing mm-hmm. up, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a big part of your life, and for mm. me, it was being a musician. And obviously, you get careers, you get jobs, things change, whatever. And then it it kind of it's not it's not forgotten about but it comes on the back burner yeah you've got more you've got responsibilities and other things to do Mm. and then there's this bit of age where you're like oh do i let that go now because i've got to be this person now so do i let that passion go Mm -hmm. so that i can become this adult or become this person yeah um and then there's this guilt in you where you're like well actually no i'm now not doing something that i loved my whole life it brought Mm. me so much joy and so much happiness Mm -hmm. and i think there is this weird Com- not compromise but decision you make in your mind mm. where you're like well if I still care about this and if I still really want to do this instead of making myself feel guilty about it maybe I should find a way to do it mm. but make it fit in or make it easier and less demanding and less like because obviously growing up it's your whole life mm-hmm. that thing is your whole life yeah and then you move the goalposts essentially that's what you yeah, do yeah you do like with basketball for me like I played pretty high level and it was always about winning. Like, mm. the bottom line was always winning. Like, no matter what your contribution is to the team, if you win, everyone's happy kind of thing. Whereas now, like, don't get me wrong, I'm still a competitor when I play. Mm. But I feel, I feel like basketball, for me, a little bit is a bit of, like, artistic expression. Not only that, but I want 
to leave the court. And I want everyone who's watching me play to think, okay, you know what? He's a nice player, like, if you know what I mean. So there's a bit of respect there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how things kind of change as you get older. Definitely. Right, in terms of the bottom line. I, I also have this theory that mm-hmm. um, when you're a kid, you just love things. Mm-hmm. You just love things as a kid. You just fall in love with different things. You become really passionate in things. Yeah, and yeah. as you get older, you become a teenager. And when you become a teenager, <laughs> you're taught to hate everything you used to lo- love. Like, everything I loved as a kid, no, I'm a teenager now. I'm an, you know, I'm growing up. I don't like any of that. Yeah, you're And about... then you get to, like, late 20s, and you start to go, actually, I really enjoyed that shit that I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you start, yeah. and you start embracing some of it. Yeah, yeah. Some of it. Not all of it. A little guilty yeah. one that I had was... Um, Growing up, when I was a kid, I loved football stickers. I absolutely loved collecting football stickers. We all did, man. Merlin football stickers. Right? Are you dumb? Like, before the World Cup, 98. <laughs> are you dumb? Oh, my so, God. So, last World Cup we had, mm-hmm. which was the what? Not, not this Last summer? Was it last summer? Yeah. Last mm-hmm. summer. A year ago. You started collecting stickers. I started doing it again. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? I fucking loved it, John. I got so much joy out of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was really therapeutic. I was mm. really enjoyed opening them and then just putting them all in. It was like, it fixed my OCD as well yeah. as, like... But it was really therapeutic and it was like, do you know what? I don't give a shit. I actually enjoy this. And here's the thing as well. I think people in general, they do things for clout. Like, so much. They do things for the affirmations of other people. Yeah. Fuck that, yeah. man. Who cares? Like, if something makes you happy, it makes you happy. You know what I mean? Not everything's for everyone to understand. The thing, right? the thing, and I think we need to acknowledge that. That's a really good point. The thing I've struggled with growing mm-hmm. up is as I grew up, I felt like everything I had to do had to be for a reason. Everything I'd done, had, there had to be a point to it. And actually, really, it should be the process. And if you enjoy doing the process. it, if mm. you enjoy doing it, then you should do it. If it gives you something, something intrinsic, then, you know, you're winning. That was something one of my, a uh, guy what used to go to uni with, I called him Welsh Mike. He's really just called Mike. <laughs> Welsh Mike. Mike. <laughs> so he, he's from Wales, and I always called him Welsh Mike. Lovely guy, really great guy. Mm. Um, we loved all the same music and stuff. And he plays in a band. He, um, I think he works in, oh, I want to say, I can't remember what country it is now. It's in Asia, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he lives over there and he plays in a band over there. And it's a really yeah, cool yeah. punk rock band. And he's mm-hmm. still writing music and, and recording music. And like, he, we have little chats every now and then online. And he had said something to me about music and stuff. And I said, oh, I don't do that anymore. Like, you know, I, I kind of don't, you know, no one wants to hear it. There's no point kind of putting it out there. And he said, you shouldn't be making it for everyone else. Like, yeah. You do it for yourself. You should be making it for you. Exactly. And and again, it like, was like... If people... It's your art. Yeah. That's what you need to realise. It's your art. And art's subjective. Art's for other people to interpret in whatever way. Yeah. So just do what you want. That's why I think I've... Life is like, subjective as well. Let's make music. Mm. Let's not give a shit about what it's for or why I'm making it. Let's just make it. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if I put it out, great. If I don't put it out, don't matter. If, if it's there, whatever. It's, it's the process. Mm. It's the enjoyment of doing yeah. it. Because in 20 years, say when you play it back to yourself, you're going to look at it and it's yeah. going to take you to a moment and you're going to be like, you know, this is fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah, and other people, they're not going to understand that. But as long as you get that within your heart, that's all that matters. I think that's something I've always found cool was like, growing up, my dad didn't really have the recording equipment to record a lot of his music that he made in his band. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that I have had that. So yeah, that when so you've taken advantage of it. You know, yeah. I can show my kids the music I used to make and mm-hmm. hopefully that can inspire them to make their own music yeah. and create that own... Because the enjoyment I used to get out of it, especially as a kid, was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's definitely something. But I just like creating. Like, if I could write a book, I would love to write a book. But I don't think, at the moment, I have the skills. Maybe one day I have the skills. But I love reading books, and I'm always fascinated what would you make a by the book story. Based on? What would I make a book based on? Yeah, what would be the narrative of a book? Oh, 
do you know what I throw around different ideas sometimes I'm like I'd really like to write a kids book because mm-hmm. kids books are made like when you're a kid and you read those books they stay with you for life they're mm-hmm. just so Roll Doll stays with me for life Goosebumps stays with me for life all that shit like I love that stuff mm-hmm. um, as I get older I really like crime stories and mysteries okay. I love a good crime mystery type of thing um, and I'd, I'd quite like to write something like that I think mm-hmm. I'm really I've always loved horror and ghost stories and stuff like that and I'd yeah. really love to write something but that was kind mm-hmm. of a great horror story or a great mystery mm. mysteries fascinate me yeah speaking of that really quickly you, oh, right. sorry I've just picked up this this awesome book in fact John John do you read um are you a reader here and there here and there. what kind of books do you read out of interest um at the moment I'm what reading a book which is about the journey of Phil Knight and he's the founder of Nike okay yeah so I find it quite interesting you know documenting his journey seeing you know like where he kind of went the mistakes that he made that's how are you interested as well. in entrepreneurs and business people and all that? yeah definitely definitely Why? out of interest um I think as a society, there's a huge opportunity for us to potentially work for ourselves one day and become self-sufficient. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I just generally love it as a concept, just, you know, working for yourself, empowering yourself. And not only that, but having something to pass down to your children as well. Fair like, enough. I like that. Yeah. Do you know what? I think that's why I liked... I know it sounds funny, but mm-hmm. I think that's why I liked punk rock music when I was a kid, because punk rock music was... It was DIY, do it yourself, it was independent. Mm. It was like, yeah, yeah. you didn't have to be amazing on, on your instrument. Like, mm-hmm. here's four chords, write some songs, play a band. Like, yeah. I, that was inspirational to me, this thing that you could create something yourself and mm-hmm. then completely own it, completely yeah. release it yourself. Mm-hmm. Be, re- be, you don't have to wear what someone else told exactly. you. Exactly, be self-sufficient, yeah. be self-reliant. Yeah, That's man. why I love punk rock mm. growing up. Of course. I can understand that. Mm. And I think punk, there's a lot of parallels between punk rock and rap anyway, mm. in terms of that. My dissertation was on the similarities between punk rock and hip hop. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I have a copy of it anymore because it's like a 10,000 word document that I wrote for university. But um, I remember when I told my like dissertation lecturer guy about it, and he was like, Can you not write about something else? Like, <laughs> Because he didn't get it. Like, he had no... He, he said, I, look, I, I don't know much about punk rock and I don't much, know much about hip-hop. So what like, is his specialism? It's, it, it's not for you. Like, yeah, exactly. you said I could write about anything I want to write, mm-hmm. but this is what I want to write about. Yeah. It's related to music it's related to music and culture, mm-hmm. which is all we had to... It had to be music and it had to be culture. You know, he, he kind of wanted it to be more about kind of probably more British things and I wanted to write a lot more about American stuff. Um, and I was fascinated by the similarities because I always saw them. Mm. And I just thought, has it been written about? And at the time, now I think there's a lot more writing about it. But but kind of when I was at uni, there wasn't that much writing about it. Yeah. And it was like it was. Um, and I think it was very much Travis Barker from Blink, who is the drummer, who <laughs> drums for like every hip hop artist under the sun, and drums for Blink One Eight Two and other rock, and can play for loads of rock bands and produces music. He's an amazing hip hop producer. Mm-hmm. Um, he was someone that showed me that very much yeah how you can just cross genres together and, and the similarities between them was was amazing mm. but anyway that's another story um right so john i want to show you this book mm-hmm. now i find this book amazing it's so weird it's so the out there ship of thesis the concept of it is about to blow your mind okay, okay. so this is a book mm-hmm. okay called the ship of thesis mm-hmm. it's by vm stracker okay now there is a story in this book 
which is the story written by VM Stracker. Yeah? About okay. the ship. Like a normal book. Okay. Now, the book starts with um, a translator uh, that translated the book explaining uh, that VM, this was the last book that VM Stracker wrote. And yeah. That yeah. And, th and that he uh, died. Mm -hmm. And that um, no one knows who he was. Mm -hmm. No one knows how he died. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is all fictional because it sounds too good to be true. Um, what then happens is there are annotations on top of the book, which is another story of two students that pick this book up and start reading this book and trying to figure out who VM Stracker was. Okay. And by reading the book, they start writing to each other, discussing the mystery of who he is. Mm. So it's like... Two books in one, two essentially. Two books in one. Yeah. And it's so well written. And then on top of it, you get pullouts of evidence that they find that go with it. And it needs to stay on the pages because you find certain pages and it'll be like, well, this evidence relates to what they're talking mm. about in this section. Yeah. But dude, it's mad. It's so out there as a book. <laughs> it's a mystery upon a mystery. Yeah. And this is what I mean when I say I like mysteries. Like, It's fully layered. This is like, amazing. There's so much to it. So this is actually... That must have... Oh, so well written. This is actually written by J.J. Abrams, the guy that done Lost, um, has done the new Star Wars movies and Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. This is a book that he wrote with another guy. And it's just fucking brilliant. Mm. And I think that's written by the people that wrote Lost. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a mystery. That is crazy. That would be such a mindfuck. <laughs> I really like it. It's so hard to read, though. Yeah. Because you don't know where to start. So mm -hmm. the first page I read, and I was like, right, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read the the annotations on top and I was mm -hmm. like no that that doesn't work so what I've now done is I read the story as a chapter and then I go back and I read the annotations as a chapter you know what I'm thinking I reckon if you read it in different ways do you reckon you might get different meanings I from do. that is so crazy it's like so coded and so late like that's unbelievable I'm really geeky John when I get mm. into stuff I, I love it I yeah. really like it there's even a fucking I haven't used this there's a code breaker that has something to do with different clues there's different codes in there and it's meant to help you figure something out but I'm not clever enough to do it and they've, they've made it look like an old library book which mm. I love the idea of that kind of it's so nostalgic yeah it's so clever it's just such a clever book it's a piece of art man mm -hmm. this thing is a piece of art it's wildly different <laughs> put it that way I was telling my friend about the this the book is literally like a triple entendre I, <laughs> I told my friend about this and they were just like that just sounds like too much work <laughs> like I, I read to enjoy that's work I was like nah man it's a whole universe someone's created a whole universe through this mm. I love that that's unbelievable I've never even thought you know to do that or like, what is the thought process that goes into it? I just think it's so creative. It's mm. clearly, like, J.J. Abram loves a mystery. Yeah. He loves making things that make people think. Mm -hmm. But it's it's almost like, in the book, you're reading it, and a lot of it is basically saying, like, being a human is so not simple, and it's so complex, and it's so spiritual, and there's so much that we don't actually know, and it's actually quite magical. Mm. And I love that. It's kind yeah. of... It's really kind of embracing being a human and living and how amazing um, life can be if you let it kind of it's, there's a real good feel to the book overall when you're reading it yeah definitely but the, the people that annotate is a boy and a girl and it's kind of like a love story like they clearly have feelings for each other and, and some of the things they write are really funny <coughs> so it's like you, you've got a romance story on top of a mystery story on top oh, of a who did it story it's so clever so fucking clever John 
Yeah. I would love to create something that clever. I won't. <laughs> I, if I could create something simple, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'm sticking wow. to music because that's my strength, John. <laughs> Fair play. Do you think you could ever write? That's unbelievable. Do you think you could ever write a book, John? Um, I think as human beings, I think we could all write a book at some stage of our lives. True. What I was thinking of, and I think this would be the coolest idea in the world is to go into say I don't know like an old people's home get everyone to write a book I'm with you get everyone to write a book have them literally trade books with each other kind of thing yeah and that would be obviously the fabric of their lives or at least how they interpret their own lives I think that would be such a great idea so I've been thinking about and that would be so engaging for like old people as well like sorry elderly people old people I've been thinking about that bit and like you know like how we all want to really know our parents' story and their, and, mm, and their life yeah but we don't really get time to talk about it or discuss it of course because there's not, so many things that happen like it's just impossible not everyone has time to um, you know not everyone can write a book mm. as such um, my partner actually told me about this and it was such a great idea that I'm going to do it with my parents there are actually these um, little workbooks that you can get mm-hmm. and it, it basically get and your parents can fill it in you can get one for your mum you can get one for your dad whoever and um it, it asks them questions about their life from when they were a kid to when they were yeah. adult and they can answer it all and write all of it in mm-hmm. and I think that's such a great because then you've got this little bit of evidence of, of your of your parents' life that you can look back and read and because they're not having to tell you face to face they can be more open and yeah, more honest exactly. about things mm. so I'm going to get I'm going to get a couple of those from my parents I think that's That'd such a so great cool. idea yeah just because it is it I want to you want to know like, like nuance and yeah. yeah of course man like you're their fresh fle- fle- flesh and blood you right. come from them mm-hmm. and there's things that, about them that you probably never knew <laughs> and I think that's fascinating because mm. <laughs> so many of us grow up with the idea of well our parents are our parents but actually yeah you know, of course there were parents people before that are human beings they mm. were kids at one stage they were teenagers they went through everything we went through and I'd actually like to see their point of view on different things yeah. and how they their journey through life and how they got to be who they are mm-hmm. today I think that's fascinating yeah if yeah. you it's like I don't know man if you made a speech on your parents a candid speech it'd be so different to like you know your mum's friend or your mum's sister even or if you know what I mean mm. so obviously there's just different parallels there this is what it is yeah mm. yeah anything else John that you wanted to, uh, to I feel like I've discussed a lot today <laughs> I feel like I've had a bit of verbal diarrhoea <laughs> nah, it's been, you know, thoroughly entertaining, man. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, I don't want to record directly from my phone, though. What I wanted to do... Go on. Okay. So, I, I've been hearing this one song, and I was like, you know what? It's a rap song, mm. but Rich would absolutely love this. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to pause. Yep. I'm going to show you the song and yep. I want you to review the song. Okay, I'm yeah. happy to do that. So we're about to do that. Right, right three, cool. two, one, pause. So I've listened to the track. John, do you want the listeners to know what the track was called so that they can listen to it before we discuss it? Yeah, the track is <coughs> by Loaded Lux and the song is called Wreck. Okay. And you want me to tell you? Yeah, I want you to digest. Okay. Just to explain, you know. First thing that stands out for me, and I know it's a simple thing, but it's what I like. Uh, it's the drums. I really like the drums mm, on that track. Yeah. Um, great rhythm, interesting sound. They've dulled it down a bit, but also it still sticks out. 
like some drums you get are quite sharp that's not really sharp but it still is really overpacked it's still there quite mm. deep yeah um but the rhythm itself is a really cool rhythm i really like that rhythm mm. um second it's thing simple as well isn't it uh, it is simple yeah. but i like a simple a, a good simple loop drum beat that sounds good if mm -hmm. it's recorded right and sounds good like that mm -hmm. can be amazing yeah um and that's the thing like uh, a big thing about Music when i was in my band yeah. there used to be a lot of issues about using loop drums because people like all the fills and stuff and i i don't i actually quite like hip-hop loops i actually like those type of drums mm -hmm. um because i think it's more about the rhythm itself the way it sounds and the way it's recorded is more interesting than mm. just doing fancy things on an instrument I've yeah, always yeah. Felt that. Mm. um but no i really like that the drums stood out the other thing i really liked was the I'm really bad at explaining this, but like the rhythm or the flow of the, the melody, the rap, mm -hmm. really well done with all the, um, there's more than one voice on there, isn't there? There's a few voices on there, I, I think I can hear. I don't know. Um, it's just one voice rap. Just one voice, yeah, yeah. sounds great. He, but he, he, changes, the, he changes his voice yeah, kind of and thing. and I like the way right? he uses yeah. it. Mm. Um, that's really important for me on any kind of rap track, because a lot of rap I listen to, I don't like the way it flows, like the You melody. think it's monotone a bit, yeah, it's a bit like, this, much of the same. Drake, Drake's the king of monotone. Like mm. it just doesn't, it doesn't work well with the rhythm, but that's really good. So that works for me um, really well. The things that, I like the guitar, but it was interesting sounding a really cool way. I like the fact that it kind of blends genres a bit, because that was quite rocky and a bit. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Linkin Park, actually, the guitar kind of line. Mm. Um, but my issue with the guitar and the production for that, with the guitar-wise, too repetitive. The guitar's doing the same thing the whole way through. Yeah. Which is cool, but gets quite boring. Mm. If they had maybe added in a bit of distortion at certain parts, so just changed, maybe added a little riff, just changed a bit of guitar there, I think that would have been a better way to use the guitar. Mm. Um, because it just becomes too repetitive for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Other thing with it is, I like that track. I would, in certain moods, I'd really be up, listen, enjoy it, and be mm. like, yeah, I'm feeling this. Yeah. I yeah. think I'd have to be in a certain mood to enjoy that track every day, though. Um, and I think the only other thing I find is where it's so where it's quite repetitive. Um, when I find things are repetitive, I think they're better shorter, like mm. shorter tracks. Yeah, yeah. And short and sweet works with repetition. If you do repetition for like four minutes, it becomes like you feel like you're listening to the same verse over yeah. and over again. Mm. Obviously, the lyrics are, are different and fantastic and are interesting and, and they're their own thing. But lyrics, you've got to sit and digest it a bit yeah, more for one listen. Yeah, yeah, you're not um, going to get it off I'm one more listen, listening, especially to not the him music. as well. But no, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a well-produced track. I think it sounded really interesting. I like the way it crossed um, genres. Mm -hmm. And I really like the um, the rapper's kind of voice and his flow with his voice. The, the yeah. rhythm with it was really good. Mm -hmm. I um, think for yeah. me, like you said, one extremely interesting thing, which was obviously that simplicity kind of wins for you, kind mm. of thing. And I think nowadays music's a bit complicated, mm. maybe even more so than it has to be. Sure. And I think that's created a disconnect in my eyes. Yeah. So. Yeah, something to be said for obviously, you know, keeping it simple, not maybe not sticking to a formula or sticking to a certain way of doing things, sure. but it's I, definitely possible to overcomplicate. I get what you're saying, mm. and I agree. Um, my issue with music, mm -hmm. and it's not, I really like authenticity in music, and by that, I mean, what I mean is. I was talking about this the other day, like, yeah. Real instruments, real sounds, and kind of lyrics that are, are written by by the actual artists and about. Thank you. 
Um, this is another thing. We're talking I'm about str- Drake as well. What, yeah, I'm str- what I'm struggling with <laughs> is a lot of music now is recorded on computers, and that's great, and it's helped so many people access music and make music, and I love all of that. And the fact that you can get all these different sounds without really actually being able to play an instrument is amazing. But for me, there's something real about someone that's learnt an instrument and knows how to play it and can make that sound. Mm. And a real bass sound is always going to be better than some than yeah. some bass sound, you know. And a real drum kit for me is always going to sound better than a fake drum kit. Mm-hmm. If it's a real drum loop, that's fine as long as it's being recorded by real drums. That stuff matters. When it's a computer beat, yeah, uh, it puts it always. There's always I'm like, oh, but if you did a real drum kit with a good drummer, you could make that sound so more, so much more mm. human. Yeah, of course. And I think music gets is just so computed and watered down. And my biggest thing is fucking vocoder. The amount of singers and rappers that use that vocoder shit on their voice that makes what's their vocoder voice, so like auto tune? Yeah, okay. so it makes your, your yeah. voice sound in tune. Mm. Um, and lots of singers use it as a gimmick. It's part of their gimmick. They want to have that. It, it sounds cool to them. It's not. It's awful. And it and when you hear them bad. live as well, like oh, oh my goodness, it like, kills it. For me, the best tracks recorded are the tracks that you could easily transfer live mm. so it yes live you're always going to have certain production limitations but if you can create that track and give it the same energy live as you can yeah. on the record mm-hmm. that's a wicked track yeah i think what's exciting about recording music is actually yes you can do more than what you can do live and that that, that can be exciting um and i do have a big thing where there's some electronic music i really like because the way they fuck about with sound is so interesting Mm -hmm. there's a band called the postal service um from the early noughties which is death cab cutie singer um and this other dj artist and they put these he was like very into his electro music and the death cab guy was like an acoustic singer kind of songwriter guy Mm -hmm. and they mailed sounds to each other and recorded this this record and it was amazing but what was so interesting about it was the way that they used electronic sounds to complement acoustic recordings mm. that was amazing yeah, but yeah. you're still using that human element of a real song um, and real instruments then combined with the fake instruments to create something the problem now is everything's so polished everything sounds so fine so kind of clean I don't know how else to explain it everyone's trying to make everything sound so clean and the thing is it doesn't need to sound clean to sound great and this is what I miss from the 90s as well I mean in terms of the way music is like sometimes like something could be like perfectly imperfect yep and I think yeah that's just getting lost nowadays man well tempo's a big thing with music when people make Mm. record music they're like no the tempo needs to be exact if you're off on the tempo the track's wrong I disagree I think a track if it works it works it it does if your timing isn't perfect but you've got this great energy on this great sound and this great track who gives a fuck who gives a fuck if the band can play with that tempo and make it work somehow why does it matter so much I understand where James Brown come from James Brown was all about you got to be on time all you musicians have got to hit this chord at the right time hit this beat mm. at the right time he was shit yeah, on yeah, and that's why live band wise they were amazing yeah, they were flawless. And I do understand why that can be important but sometimes there's an energy created through through a bunch of people meeting up together and maybe they're not perfect together but there's something that there's something there in and their so, sound and I think the process I know I said this before but again the process is so important so the whole trial and error of it the whole figuring things out the whole mm. you know this might not be how we intended but you know it's slightly coming across better I think that gets sure. lost in studio Definitely. a lot well my biggest thing mm-hmm. playing in bands and recording music and releasing stuff um, was I love, I have really great memories of being in the studio and I really enjoyed recording music. But at the end of every EP or record that we finished, I didn't want to listen to the record again because we spent so, much time, so much time in listening it. to it 
and going, that sound doesn't right. No, that need more vocal. No, add another guitar here, add that. We spent so much time analyzing it mm. that we took all the heart and soul out of it. Mm. And I think that's what's wrong. And now what I try and do is, I don't do that anymore. I yeah. literally go, I've wrote something, I'm ready to record. Mm -hmm. I try and be very simplistic about it. And if I record something and I think, actually, well, I've got this other little bit that can go on it. I'd much rather do that and have it organically process than sit there and overthink and overanalyze mm. because you take so much away from music it's when true. you do that. It's and true. I think that's a big, big problem I found recording it. But, but it was because there was four musicians and we all had a different ideas of how we wanted it to sound, and it is quite. You guys hard. sound like a tribe called Quest, to be honest. This was an issue <laughs> with them, like the same thing. Like literally, there's this one guy, Q-Tip, like production-wise, he wanted everything to be squeaky clean, right. perfect. Yeah, yeah, and it just created, you know, kind of like tension in the group, kind of thing. Definitely. And when you're doing like X amount of projects together, and you need to go through that like time and time again, like it can be a bit of a ball ache, man. For me, you can spend so much time working on the recording, mm -hmm. that by the time it's finished, your passion for that that music or that song or that style is gone. Mm. And instead, you should be getting it out as quick as possible and having it fresh and, re and ready um, than be singing about something that you s wrote two, three years ago that you no longer feel the same passion. Yeah, that doesn't relate to you. It, it, that's why I think, because music's very reflective of time, I think. It a is. time in your life, a place in your life, a sound in your life, a thing that you're into. And if you don't get it out there at that time, it, it kind of loses. It its doesn't feel. come across as authentic. Nah. It loses its feel. But there's plenty of old guys in hip hop, yeah that try and rap about the same things that they you know when they were younger 50 cent for example yeah. i don't think he's changed a lot in <laughs> yeah. terms of his content sure like he's experienced a whole bunch more i mean yeah. look he's on the forbes list mm. and he's rapping like he's not on the forbes list yeah i'm just like your experiences kind of need to be reflected in your art yeah agreed but okay like they loved you for this but that doesn't mean that they can't love you for that i think it, was quite... it doesn't mean that you can't tap into a different audience need one there was um, as we evolve see this this is debatable mm -hmm. for me I would say that I think Eminem has been very good at evolving and changing his his what he writes about. Because mm. you think when he started, he was very lyrical, fucking, miracle. <laughs> yeah, but he was also really like childish, dark, bitter, childish. Yeah. Um, now I think he's more reflective. He's more sorry. He's more. But then he he's had been that, through a lot. He had that diss album that came out a couple of years ago that was brilliant and just slated all the critics. Like he's still got that side to him, but he's more thoughtful about how he uses it. Mm. Um, but then I, I. For me, I think it's really good that he's wrote about rehab and stuff like that. But Noel Gallagher, from previously from Oasis, now solo artist, um, has come out and said that he hates, um, he thinks Eminem what? shouldn't write about rehab and that it's, it's, um, it's crap. No one cares about your problem. No one wants to listen to that type of thing. No, I think Noel Gallagher's a hater, wasn't he? <laughs> Didn't he also like get into uproar about Jay Z because of Glastonbury? Um, I'm not sure. I'm pretty I don't know sure that, that happened. Was that Oasis? Um, yeah, I'm probably. so sure that happened. And he was probably like shitting on him, yeah? I remember, like, oh, this is the funniest story in the world. Like, Jay Z just switched the beat up, yeah? And he went into Wonderwall, yeah? Yeah. And he was rapping over it, and he was like, proper like mocking him. It was yeah. literally so hilarious. <laughs> on Glastonbury at that, I mean, what kind of one upmanship are we doing here? <laughs> that brings me to another point that I don't mm -hmm. understand about musicians and I'm okay. sure you probably know some bands as well um, there's a lot of brother bands and artists where two brothers have made a band together and mm -hmm. they've gotten really big Oasis is a good example of that the Kinks from the 60s is a really good example of that mm -hmm. and then they fall out 
Everly Brothers is another classic example from the 60s. And then they fall out and then they hate each other. Over what? Musical issues? Over differences, personal differences. Okay. And then they, they quit the band. The band stops. Yeah. And then they never rejoin and they never talk again. I can't understand that concept. Selfish motherfuckers. I can't understand the concept <laughs> of, you know, making a band with your brother, getting this far, and then falling out with your brother personally, mm. and then giving up that whole, like, letting that whole band and that whole music stop. And being like, no, I'm never going to talk my issues out with them. Like, Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher to this day still hate each other. That's crazy to me, man. That's like a resting storyline, literally. And it's like, <laughs> how do you not realise that you got to where you are because it was both of you together? Yeah. And that's a big thing I found with a lot of bands. It's like, when they split, or uh, a member leaves. I often feel like, I know it changes because artists change and they grow and they have different differences and they can't always see eye to eye. So they, they realise they can't keep making that music. Mm-hmm. But what I find difficult is that I feel a lot of musicians forget that they rose up together. And yeah. they, they almost lose that loyalty. And I think that loyalty is, sh- should be really important. And it's like a team, like a football team. You, you have that loyalty with your team. If you're not mm-hmm. loyal with a team, you can go. Um, but I just, loyalty is something I find very um, confused that people have such a lack of it in that way. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating, man. Like, you know, not even brothers, but just two people that you know have that kind of kinship and they just fall apart. And I think, yeah, it's. I think obviously people change. We all grow. No one is the same person. And obviously, you start a band with someone or you start whatever with someone, a project, whatever. And at that time, you're both feeling it and you're both there. But then you can grow into two completely different people. Mm hmm. And I can see how that means that things often fall and don't fall apart. Yeah. Fall apart and don't stay. But I, there's something very sad about it in a way, and I think uh, very. I think people don't reflect enough on how they've got to where they've got to sometimes. Mm. And I think reflection is so important. It's true, man. And being thankful for how you got there, who helped you get part there. of the journey. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Like we say, we talk about the process a lot. Well, reflecting back on the process is really important. Mm. And and we all kind of know that we all get to where we are through experiences. But there's certain people in our lives that have helped us get to where Rich, man, you're, you're about to make me call my old coach and just apologise. <laughs> 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 but no, I'm fully with you, though. I'm fully with you. I think it's important, man. Mm. We've all been, like, not unappreci- unappreciative, I guess is kind of a word for it. Where we've gone through times and we've just been like, ah, no, I'm done, or I'm ready for something new, or I've had enough of this. You know what it is, yeah? It's not having the ability to use your perspective to look beyond the moment. Mm. That's what creates these situations. And as human beings, it's just who we are. It happens from time to time. Mm. But I think there's something to be said for not being wrong and strong, for actually acknowledging, okay, like, I had a part to play in this. I like that. Therefore, you know, like, I need to do my bit as a man, as a woman, as a person, and, you know, just, you know, put things aside. See, I, I agree with that. And I think that's important for... <clears throat> we've talked about some stuff off the pod before about how to kind of uh, let go and move on from... from Past transgressions. Yeah. Yeah. And how to not let that bother you anymore, how to forgive people and kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, because the sense of relief that you get from just moving past something Definitely. like there's nothing like it, it yeah it, it's interesting mm. and it's a hard it's a hard thing I think for a lot of people 
Sometimes I look at people and I'm like, how do you live? <laughs> but why is it a hard thing for some people? Do you think some people are genuinely hurt or do you reckon some people have a battery in their back from other people and they discuss it with other people? Or uh, I don't know. I do think that um, there are some people that, are, that listen to other people's opinions more than their own. Mm. And I think that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, because obviously it depends on the intention of the person you're talking to and whether they have the good intention for you and that friendship or that relationship and others um, and then sometimes I think it's important to have a reflective friend that will make you actually think about do you know what I mean there's two there's two kind of people you get don't they you get mm. the person that's kind of just the yes you, man yeah yeah to you know tell them to fuck off or tell them this and then you get the other person that goes well actually <laughs> you know it was a good thing you had a cool friendship or you had this why don't you guys you know patch up and move on yeah yeah it's interesting it definitely is man definitely is this episode's been a journey John <laughs> it definitely has been it's been a journey mm-hmm. I think how many podcasts is this episode 7 this might be episode 7 don't I, I don't like don't I don't like me. asking that question just because you know when you get it wrong you look like a bit of a dumbass uh, in it. <laughs> I think it just shows that I don't you know <laughs> count every I'm episode saying. we do. Um, yeah. But where we've had such a break, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's nice to get back on it. Yeah, man, no doubt. And on a beautiful sunny day in Onga in Ongera, yeah. mm-hmm. we've hit the road running, John. Yeah, man. I apologise for listeners that are out there that we're expecting you know to have you know. Um, regular podcasts on a regular basis, but life happens sometimes. At the same time, um, yeah. we are I mean? we are planning on trying to get one out every month. That, mm-hmm. is, that is the plan that me and John have agreed. Yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> in an ideal world, we'd be able to do more. But realistically, we think we can we can meet that monthly podcast. Mm. But what we'll try and do, where we're going to do it monthly, we're going to try and have longer episodes like this one. I think this one is a a big long episode for listeners. Um, to say thank you for sticking with us and listening to us and for waiting for us to put stuff out there. So we've got a nice long one. And I, I think if we do monthly ones, it, we'll definitely make them long episodes so that it's more for for you guys to listen to and, and for me and John to enjoy recording and chatting. For sure, man. For sure. Cool. Well, shall we wrap this one up, John? Yeah, next time I speak to you, I'm going to be a year older. So... Oh, my gosh. Uh, getting up there, man. Do I, do I dare ask how old? 29. Oh, you're fine, man. You're still a baby still. You're in your 20s. I love the way you put on your baby. Like, oh, it's fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not fine. You're still in your 20s. Yes, it's the last year I'm joking. You know, I'm embracing it more, you know. I'm actually embracing it more. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. Mm-hmm. I, the 30s have been the best times of my life. People say this on a regular basis. Like, I'm way more happy yeah. in my 30s than I was in my 20s. I mm-hmm. spent a lot of my 20s unhappy. Yeah. Like, I really did. On the kind of like path to self-actualization kind of thing. And then now it's like, now you've hit 30, you're like, okay, I kind of see how things are kind of going, like how things are weighing up. I feel There's happier, a lot more clarity. I feel more relaxed, I feel more content, I feel more safer. I think, I don't know, I think things start piecing together a bit more in your life. And I think where you mature, especially as a boy, because we mature quite late compared to girls, um, you start making better choices and better decisions. Mm. So, and you start really benefiting from it in your face. That's what I feel. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. But enjoy your last year of being in your 20s. <laughs> I might as well be 30 already <laughs> you make a list I, I wanted to do it but I didn't end up doing it I thought about when I was 29 of making a list of all the things I want to do before I turn 30 but sometimes that puts a lot of pressure on you it does it does it's like you know what I was saying in terms of what was it that I made that New Year's um, yeah. thing which I haven't stuck to like very well, well we do it every year <laughs> every, but, everyone yeah, yeah. does it mm. 
But it's not to say that this year hasn't been a good year. But, yeah, man. It's what it is. Did you know? I thought about this, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it was a year ago that we actually started not not putting episodes out, but try recording episodes and trying out the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it was a year ago today. A year ago today? Yeah. Well, wow. Maybe not exactly today. Okay. But definitely, but. I think it was a year ago that we actually... I Started remember that first it. episode as well by uh, your old house train station and yep. like whatnot. We yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. Then we did mm. one with Biggs at the pub. Yeah, Biggs I is st- a legend, man. Still got them both. Still got them both. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll edit them together as a bonus or a special mm. um, um, thing. But we were still finding our feet at that stage, and it wasn't it wasn't ready. And now it now it is. And I think it's evolved. Yeah, definitely. Biggs is a legend. He hasn't come to my new yard in Hungary, so I'm a bit upset with him because I haven't seen him. Oh, he'll he'll um, come through, man. I would like to have him here. I'd like him to see the place. I'd like to record a podcast with him here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's listening, this is an open invitation. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he wanted to be a Knicks fan though. Like, he listens to my basketball podcast and yeah. he hears me go on rants about the Knicks all the time. Yeah, he still chose to be a Knicks fan. I don't understand it. Well, maybe maybe, maybe it's once a run. Like, maybe maybe so. can come on here and we can find out. We can grill him for why he's. Also, I'd quite like to discuss his um, passion for f- his football stuff because, like, Biggs is a big football fan, and mm-hmm. growing up, he always supported Man United, and he still does support Man United. But he's got really into kind of non-league football mm. and the lower league football. He was telling me that he got uh, what's he got. Some form of ticket or some form of something or some form of ownership or yes, I don't know. Yes, I forgot I what did. team it is. I, I saw was that like, too. What? I can't remember. It's Clapham or somewhere like, like community that. Community team. Yeah, 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 yeah Clapham. Yeah. yeah. And then he's also got his season ticket to Leighton Orient as well. And mm. I, I just would love to talk to him about um, his love for grassroots football. Yeah, I would love to talk to him about football. His fan, why, you know, his his love for it because he's he's so um, passionate about it and it, and it's a big part of his life and and a big part of all of our lives and that sport and that passion and I'd like to talk to him about it so yeah Biggs man we're, we're calling you out we want you to come on the podcast so mm-hmm. yeah get talking to us um, if anyone wants to tweet us uh, send us a message or anything for the pod um, they can tweet me at oh my gosh hi my name's Rich yes <laughs> hi, my na- at hi my name is Rich underscore okay that's it and you can find me at the John Hines on all platforms so. there you go sorted Cool. Right, so that has been winging it. Did, did you know what? After the last episode, the way it ended, um, either way you're gonna get fucked, John. I feel that's what that's how it ended. How did it? Do end? you not remember? It was about Brexit. What did I say? And you said, you said, um, well, whether it's a soft Brexit, hard Brexit, whatever kind of Brexit it is, either way you're gonna get fucked. <laughs> and I thought it was the best <laughs> outro ever. And I felt that should be our sign off for every episode. Is John, John, Rich, either way you're gonna get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs>